Hello and welcome to the B Team Podcast. I am joined. My name is John Macy, and I am joined by Milos. This is going to be take two for the uh, unbearable weight of massive talent, um, which we just tried to do, and uh, the Discord thing kind of crapped the bed on us. So um, it was basically Milos talking by himself with me putting stuff in in the side chat thing. So we're gonna. I do a very it's like my worst nightmare come to life. Yeah, well, it kind of happened in the middle. Like, if you had planned on it being a solo from the start, that's something different. But um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we are going to try to do a very abbreviated. Since we've already done this once, I don't want to hang you up too much. Um, so we're going to try to do a very abbreviated version of this. Uh, basically, the plot of this movie, and this is kind of known as the the meta Nicolas Cage movie where he plays a version of himself and he basically meets his uh, he's thinking about quitting acting and he basically takes a job where he goes and meets his biggest fan in the world played by Pedro Pascal who um is a low-level guy in a drug cartel or was it a gun cartel I think it was weapons right not drugs I think it was drugs though even though I there's thought. actually no drugs mentioned yeah, I thought it was guns, but I could be. I think they call. Guns. I think they call him a weapons dealer a couple of times. All right. Um, Corey so says guy, guns, so we're gonna go with what Corey says. So this guy has like a shrine to Cage, like he has a, a statue of the Caster Troy character from Face Off, with the gold-plated guns and shit. Um, and it was, you know, there are moments in this that are, and the whole thing is like. Cage is recruited by Tiffany Haddish and Ike Barinholtz, who play CIA agents, to um, to uh, catch this guy. And well, he was supposed to infiltrate uh, his uh, compound or whatever and uh, find the kidnapped president's candidate's daughter. Oh right, yep. Because they wanted the the weapon cartel wants a candidate that's going to be more favorable to them. So they kidnap this guy's daughter yep. and kind of get him to. So I, you know, there there were things about this that I liked. Obviously, you and I are both huge uh, Cage fans, and as I said in our first attempt to do this, the crappier the movie is, almost the happier I am because he very yeah. he very much leans into the shit with his movies. <laughs> like if he if he makes something, and I don't think he like realizes they're bad, but I mean he just does the same kind of performance stuff with everything and it just like bad scripts it doesn't help much um so and like i heard you saying in the first attempt that we made um this is largely like a buddy movie between him and pedro pascal um and... Dude, that, ba- that that their whole performance is what carries this movie yep. and pascal yeah. like as you as you brought it up pascal absolutely uh, steals the show. Oh yeah, like, he absolutely—he's he terrific. He absolutely steals this movie from Cage. He's fantastic. Like, yep. Um, and being a huge Cage fan, like, I did enjoy this. Um, I almost kind of felt like, you know, because he kind of plays and he's playing like an amped up version of himself, and he kind of plays it the way you would expect him to. Like, he's really. He's really like transparently artsy, like 
he's just like i feel like he doesn't actually believe any of that stuff and he's just kind of like saying big words about art you know and i think that yeah, and there's that, a whole there's a whole part of this movie where he's almost trying or cia is trying to convince him that pedro is the actually the guy behind the gun smuggling ring or whatever right. he's like but he's my friend like I'm with him every day. Like we're working on a movie together because they're working on the, writing a movie while he's there. And it's like, he's my, I don't see it happening. Like there's nothing about him that says like I smuggle guns in my free time. Yep. And you find out that he, you find out that he is the public face of the cartel, but he's not actually the one in charge of it. Like his cousin. Yeah, his cousin is the one behind the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I did like I did like the I guess my thing with it is like, you know, and this isn't a negative, but like the way the way Cage plays this like over the top version of himself is like exactly what you would expect it to be, which works. But I kind of went into it thinking you were going to find out that that whole thing was an act and he was just like a regular guy, but he did that. He did that, like, to, like, keep his life private and whatever. But, like, it's all the same. It's all the kind of, like, vague, artsy shit he always throws out in, like, talk show appearances and stuff. And it was funny. Like, I liked the movie, but I just... I kind of felt like it didn't go... The ways in which it went super meta were really weird. Like, that thing that they brought... I think it shows up, like, a time or two. Maybe it was three times. And like where yeah, when he, he hallucinates himself. Yeah, he hallucinates like this younger version of himself. Or I thought it—I didn't even think it was a younger version of himself, even though it does look. It does. Well, you know, he's more like emo version of himself. Yeah. I just thought it was emo, more, emo, emo Nick Cage. It's like yeah. I just thought it was more like it wasn't that it was supposed to be a younger version of him. It was like that part of his brain that wanted to be the movie, st- like the A-list movie star type. Yeah. And yeah. Then, that's what he comes off of, like. And that, cares that's, about family. We're like, we got to nail this role. Yep, and like that stuff was fine. And, but and like, there's because they throw this. I mean, it's not a catchphrase, but they throw it around. It's like, and I'm back, but it's not like I actually ever went anywhere. Right. It's like I was here the whole time. Like, yeah, I just, I wish, I felt like there, there's a lot of ground you could have covered with, like. Not only all the like big stuff that he's done that's kind of a big deal, like the the, the Rock Con Air and Face Off and Raising Arizona and all you know uh, honeymoon in Vegas and and leaving yep. Las Vegas, just all this stuff that you could have done, and then you could have gone into like the idea that he's become this guy who just does a million things direct to video now, and that's where his career is. Like, and it sort of gets at that. With like the estranged wife and kid, but like I would have, I would have thought you would have played him as like he's completely circling the drain because all he's doing is direct-to-video bullshit. Um, and like I just there's an avenue to do this where like you find out that all the stuff he puts on is an act and he's just a guy, and like and it was it was very funny, but I just. I felt my I found myself laughing more at the stuff that Pascal did than anything that he was doing because to me it was like, well, this is what I would expect him to do, in this case. Um, 
It's sort yeah, of yeah, like I, like I did bring up like multiple times. This is exactly what you expect out of Nick Cage, and this is what you're getting. Yeah, what you did allude to earlier. It's like you thought that there was all gonna be a persona in which like we're actually gonna find out that Nicolas Cage is like a normal person living a normal everyday life, which in a way you almost expect because like he he's been married for how long now? Like I think he he's been on with his wife for a very long time, and she's not a celebrity or anything like that. So like there's as you expect that there's aspects to his life that he's keeping private and he's being eccentric as he is almost on purpose. Yeah. And you would you you would think that you're gonna get that more private part of Cage on this movie. Yep. And yep. you actually get the same eccentric Nicolas Cage that you get everywhere. My my immediate comparison was um I don't know if you saw this or not. Did you see JCVD? I did. My immediate comparison was that, where, like, you were going to get, he was going to be put in some situation where you would expect him to be the over-the-top, like, woo, not the bees, not yeah. the bees kind of thing, and it turns out he's not that, but, like, you know, this kind of leans into that in a way that still works, but it's not, like, and in some ways I don't think it went meta enough either, and I wonder if that was... Yeah. Um, it's almost like trying to keep some sort of like gray line in between going too meta and not going meta enough. And I almost wonder if that was more like, and I mentioned it in the chat thread while you were trying to do it by yourself. I wonder if some of that too was like, did they only have the ability to reference certain movies in terms of rights and whatever? Like, yeah, was, I know he had like in the shrine there was a. There was a national treasure poster in the back of the room. Yeah. They never really focus on it. And I wondered like I don't think there's ever any line where he brings that movie up. But then I was He doesn't. Like, At least I didn't catch it. Like if they said anything about national treasure, would Disney then turn around and sue him? You know, or sue the filmmakers. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it could be rights related. So I kind of found myself wondering, like, did they wanna go more meta with this than they do? but they're limited by what they're able to use. Um, I also thought it was interesting, like, the ways that it tries to go super meta were really fucking weird. Like, that whole thing where he hallucinates himself a couple of times, which I thought was going to be this thing where, that would run through the movie where he was kind of, like, fighting with himself, but it only happens, like, twice, and then it ends up not really mattering all that much. Um yeah. In fact, the scene where he made out with himself almost made me shut it off. It was so yeah, that was that was weird. Yeah, like I get and what saying they, saying it's weird for for Nick Cage. It's saying that's saying a lot. Yeah, no. So I mean, I I think there is an audience for this, but I'm not. I'm honestly not sure what it is because I would I would say like if you're a I mean sort of kind of diehard Nick Cage fan, like you're gonna like. There's gonna be parts of this that you're definitely gonna enjoy. Oh yeah. Just because yeah. it's it's a Nicolas Cage movie where he does Nicolas Cage stuff, and it's like I definitely enjoyed. Like I said, like the 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 body part of like the body part of the Pascal and Nick playing off of each other was absolutely yeah. the best parts of this movie. Like, and the the vibe of the the Pedro Pascal character was similar to at least for me, was similar to his attempt at Maxwell Lord. It was just not annoying. Yeah, but with Maxwell Lord, he definitely did the work. With Sheer, it definitely yeah. worked. 
basically it was the exactly thing. the performance that this movie required. Basically, and it's like when you see. Go ahead. Yeah, he basically did the same thing that he did playing Lord, but it actually, like you said, it actually works here because yeah, you know, he was. It's exactly what's like in Lo in in you know in Wonder Woman it was overkill, but it like here well, worked I perfectly. I don't know what Patty Jenkins told him to do in that movie, but he, but he was basically in a comedy in Wonder Woman eighty four where no one else was. So like, yeah. he was. I think a big part of that was probably they gave him some sort of a uh, acting freedom as far as like we trust you enough to carry this like put your vision to the character and it didn't work. But it's like, yeah. and when you see him, like you know. Because he did, like, you know, like, when you see him as Mando, he's, like, totally different. He's stoic. Yeah. He's, like, there's no expressions on him. Like, you know, even okay. when he's not wearing a helmet, he's basically wearing a helmet. And here while, it's, like, completely opposite. I think while we've been talking through this, I realized why this movie bothers me. And, like, okay. this is why I think in some ways these, these podcasts where we review movies become therapy for my opinions on movies, right? So... <laughs> I think what I what I went into this expecting, and this is kind of why you know I mentioned that point earlier about um, you're gonna find out that the whole Nicolas Cage thing is a is a persona that he puts on all the time, right? Yeah. I kind of went into this thinking like when they when you started to see the ads for this, I kind of went, oh, so this is gonna be that thing where he where Cage is willing to take the piss on piss on himself. Like he's willing to be like, yeah, yeah, yes, I know this whole thing is ridiculous, but it's you know, and whatever. But it's what I do, and it's how I get through acting and stuff. And it never really does that. Like I don't know if he was trying to make some kind of statement or like if even though it is really funny in spots and it's more effective as a buddy comedy than it is like some sort of meta commentary about Hollywood, which is kind of what I thought it was going to be. Um, so I wonder if like, maybe he did, you know, maybe he saw the, maybe this always was what the point was, but the guy who came up with it just wanted to make some cage jokes, which is fine. And that works. But I wonder if it was, if it was originally supposed to be way more of a commentary on his position in Hollywood, but he still wants to work. So maybe he didn't want it to go. And then you again run into the, the the rights issue and like which movies can they name drop and which they can't. So it's like. But I'm also thinking like you know maybe he can't. Maybe he at one point wanted to make this into like a real commentary about almost kind of like how far he's fallen career wise that he can't. You know he was a huge star at one point for. Yeah, couple years in the '90s and the early 2000s, and now he's almost like basically unhirable, other than like direct-to-video garbage. And yeah, pretty I much. Can... Like the, at this point, that's the only most most of where you're gonna get see him is like direct-to-video stuff. I kind of thought this was gonna be a commentary on that, but maybe he wasn't willing to do that because he still wants to work. So he didn't want to like piss piss off. I think I think for better or worse, Nicolas Cage like he still wants to act. He still wants to work, but it's like I think I don't know at what point did he drop off to the point that we're like. I'm trying to remember what his last big movie was before the direct-to-video run of shit. 
Um, I want to say it was like a second Ghost Rider, maybe, which we'll get. To. Yeah, but that movie was bad on its own. Like yeah. it didn't well, made the Nicholas Cage. The other you know? problem too is that he got to the point where he, you know, then the only other comparison I can think of would be Samuel L. Jackson, who has no like, he ha- he has no like. I'm not going to do this because it's direct-to-video shit. He'll, like, read a script and be like, oh, this is great. You know, I want to do this. I don't care what format this is in. Cage also has the whole thing where he owed the IRS a shitload of money. So, like... Yeah, he bought bought some crazy stuff. So, I don't know if, you know, some of the the direct-to-video stuff was like, I just need a paycheck. I know this is crap. Um, Yeah. I don't, you know... Um, and plus, even like, I don't know how much a major studio even really wants to work with him anymore. Like, uh, there was a lot of National Treasure three talk for many years, and yeah, but then never went anywhere. And now that's so. now that's going to be a a Disney Plus show where I don't think he's gonna, you know, it's a recast thing. I don't think he he's gonna be involved in it in any way. Um. So I don't know, you know, but and I do think, you know, as we're drifting far afield into the state of Nicolas Cage's career now, um, I do think, as you said, this movie works if you are a if you are a massive Cage fan, like I'm pretty sure you and I both are. Um, But I would also say temper your expectations for what you think this is going to be. Because given yeah, because I, it worked a lot better for me just because I didn't have any expectations going into it, yep. whereas you did. So like my uh, opinion of the, or my like the way I feel about the movie is a little slightly better than yours, just because yep. I didn't really expect anything. And one one like last couple of stops, like I, I mentioned jujitsu, like I had no expectation whatsoever. I know Frank Grillo's in there, I know Nicolas Cage is in there, and I know the I can't remember his name, but he's also recognizable uh, characters. Like, I had no expectations going into that movie. Like, I thought that movie was going to be pure BS. And then it started off, and I'm like, it's cheesy, it's low budget, and it's so bad, but it works. Right. (laughs) It's a good movie. Well, I think if you can, (laughs) I think if you can, like, if I had gone into this, once I realized it was a buddy comedy it made way more sense and I enjoyed it way more. But like, yeah. I'm constantly expecting like meta references and stuff. And there are plenty of them, but like, I thought the whole thing was going to be a commentary on his position in Hollywood. And it kind of is. And it kind of isn't. Um, I also, I, uh, have I mean, they shy away from making it, a, you know, flat out commentary, mostly because I, like you mentioned, Cage probably wants to work. Yep. And I do think I do have to say, like the stuff with Tiffany Haddish was funny. Like she's kind of growing on me a, as somebody who at least has the ability to like pick the right roles and stuff. Um, yeah, I do question what Ike Barinholtz was there for. Like he had like two lines, and I I almost feel like his whole thing was, and I said this in our earlier attempt, his whole point was to bring up the stuff that guys you're in my age love Nicolas Cage for. Like the one example yeah. I have, and it was like the one of the two or three lines he even had where uh, Haddish goes to talk to him in the airport and she's like, Oh, I loved you in that Croods movie and whatever. And, you know, and uh, 
And Baron Holtz is in the car on the headset talking to her, going like, what the fuck are you talking about Croods 2 for? I don't, you know. And she goes like, what, did you not see that? He goes like, I'm 45 years old. I've seen fucking Face Off, you know. <laughs> um, so, like, I felt like... I felt like Ike Barinholtz was, you know, the representative for men our age in this movie. Yeah, like, we remember Cage from the good stuff. Gone in 60 seconds. Face off. Yep. Gone air. The Rock. Okay, so I should say, you know, I think we're pretty much done with this here. I would say for Cage fans, you gotta see this. Um, Yeah, but like you did mention, temper your expectations. Because, like, you're gonna enjoy it. A more is a body cop movie than, you know. And I'm not sure what then, anybody who's who doesn't like him in particular would think of this movie. Like, I don't think... If you're not a Nicolas Cage fan, like, or, you know, I, I'm wondering what Josh would say about this movie. Yeah. I think I it's, was, like, far out, almost enough far out there where he would actually give it a, a shot at. Yeah, I almost kind of wonder like, if it would circle back again to, like, he would almost find it kind of strangely entertaining. Um, yeah, I I do know. For this kind of seems to be his his level of uh, weird, my, almost. My wife kind of sat through this with me just because I felt like watching it on a given night. I don't think she liked it very much. She's also not a. Yeah, I, I I couldn't I couldn't get anybody in my family I think to watch this one. Yeah, I think if I played it like that old this band pretty quickly. Yep, she's also not a ver- she's also not a particular Cage fan just because you know. Well, they're not Cage fans, but they're also young. So, like, yeah. damn, like, they'd, they'd be there and be like, nope. also go over the heads of a lot of younger people, I think. Yeah, exactly. Right. But if, like, if you're a Nick Cage fan, like, this works. Well, if I you're not, it's weird. I think we can. If you're a stoner, go... get oh, high and watch this. It'd probably movie. be funny. I, I would almost want to make Brent watch this. Um, yeah. What he thinks. Because, like, he could get high and watch this, and I think it would work for him. Especially like the LSD scenes. Yeah. Yep. Well. <laughs> yeah. That I definitely would... think we can. We can. And not that I think we've pretty much already said this elsewhere, but we can also kind of announce here that at the very least, you and I will be doing at some point in the next few weeks, we're going to do what I call the Holy Trinity of Nicolas Cage action movies. Uh, yes. And I, I'm going to look up to. I want to see what order they came out in because I think we should do them in release order. Um. But we're going to do Con Air, The Rock, and Face Off. Not as one show. We'll do. I think I think Rock is the last, but I, I'd be I'm I on the fence. The Rock was first, but I'm going to look it up. Um, huh. So yeah, uh, yeah something wrong over the next couple months. We'll knock those three out. They'll be separate pods, I think, just because. Of course, yeah, yeah, definitely separate. Just because, like, there's 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 material to talk yeah, about. There's enough with each one to get into, and yeah. um, I think. And I rewatched Con Air, and I rewatched. Uh, well, I'm gonna Rock. wait until we figure out which order yeah. to do them in, and when we're going to do them. Well, I figured, I'm, you know, we're gonna do them. I want to be ready, and then I was like, hey, I'm gonna get the kids to watch. So the kids watched it. I they kind of. I tend to sit through it. So yeah. I tend to wait until a couple days before we're going to do something to watch them again. But, um, okay. So thank you for uh, attempting to do this one again, and we'll make sure this one actually works. Well, you worked better than the first one. I I say that much. So, yeah, we won't... That'll be another one of our... We now have two lost episodes, essentially. um, (laughs) Yeah. You can can actually leave it somewhere. Or take one and, uh, and this one. So... Yeah, you you can actually save it somewhere as the lost files. Yeah, I don't think yeah, I have drop it at some point. Actually, Justin has 
the the part of the Fantastic Four one that we yeah salvaged. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the class also, files stuff that didn't work. We'll also have yeah. a review of Lightyear out some point in the next few days. I'm actually going leaving to see that in about three hours now. Yeah, well, that's probably gonna drop before this drops anyway. So. Oh yeah. And then Dominion, if we can work it out, Dominion is also we'll something. Figure that that we'll figure out Dominion in the next few yeah. days. If if we don't do that right away, this will come out in that in that show's place probably. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you for joining me, Mila. All right. We'll get this. We got another one. Always uh, a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure. Excellent. Thank you. Later. Thank you. All right. See you.